out of your seats and kind of just come over here uh, by the baptismal tank. Um, and then you can sit down like right after that. But um, we understand, we understand what uh, the symbolism is for, uh, for water baptism. That water baptism is one of the first steps of obedience when we make Jesus our Lord and Savior. And what it represents is, number one, it represents that it's a public declaration of our faith. That we're saying, you know what? I belong to Jesus. Number two, the main thing it represents is it represents what happens to us in a spiritual sense when we give our life to Christ. That basically that um, as you go into the baptismal waters, as you fall back, that's, that's the old man. Everything that I was, the old man is crucified with Christ. And as I go down into the water, just as Christ is buried into the tomb, all my sin, all my shame, everything that I struggle with, all of that gets buried in the tomb. It gets left in the watery grave with Christ. And just how Christ didn't stay in that grave as he rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave, as that person comes out of the water, they raise to live a victorious life, the resurrected life with Jesus Christ. So I don't know about you, but I'm really excited and um, we're going to baptize two people today. You may not know them, but um, Leroy and his son Montez. Monte. All right, Monte. I just met him tonight, but I knew, I knew, um, I, I knew Leroy for uh, a while. I knew who he was. I knew of him. And of all places, we ended up bumping into each other uh, on the filming of Mayor of Kingston in Braddock. So he was dressed like a full inmate going to prison. I was dressed as a full prison guard, which I was portraying on the show. And uh, he walked by. He said, you know what? I know you. And, and we got to sit down and we got to talk a lot about what God has done in my life and where he's brought me from and, and what God has done in his life and brought him from. And, and he's got a, just a, a fantastic testimony. And we connected on Facebook and he reached out and said, you know what, um, what do I got to do to be baptized? And, you know, from the last time we did baptism, we never drained the tank. There was still water in there. And Dan was going to drain the tank before he left. And he just decided, you know what, I got a little bleach. I'm just going to put some bleach in there just so the water stays clean. And then he left, not knowing that you know, but God, you can see God's hand was in the whole thing, not knowing that somebody was going to reach out and say, can I be baptized? So when he reached out, I just said, yeah, absolutely. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you know, you can be baptized and your son can be baptized. And guess what? We still got water in our tank. All I got to do is warm it up for you. And we're going to do it on Friday night. So here we are. So if you guys want to jump out of your seats and you want to come over, I promise I'll let you sit back down. But you can kind of come over.
right, so I'm going to hand you the mic, and I just want you to tell everybody here why you want to be baptized. I want to be baptized because God has changed my life. I used to uh, be out here on these streets selling drugs, doing the wrong thing, and um, God showed me the way when I gave my life to him and put trust in him, and uh, everything's been working out for me. If I need food and I'm low, God will provide it. If I need money, God will provide it. I ain't got to go sell no drugs no more. So I am thankful. I am thankful for that, that I don't have to live that way no more. And I'm thankful that I have a nonprofit now that I can help. I help the homeless and I help people. And um, that's my mission right now is to change my life and to help other people. And uh, I appreciate Pastor Rick letting me be rededicate my life to God because I'm already baptized, but I just want to rededicate my life um, and just say thank you for everything he's done for me. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. going to reach people that no one else could reach. Lord, I thank you that he is going to be an instrument to pull people out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Lord, I thank you that many will be saved. Many will be helped through his ministry. Lord, I pray that you would bless the work of his hands. Lord, I pray that you would provide his every need in abundance. I pray that you would fill him right now with the Holy Spirit. That you would give him a fresh anointing, fresh power. New gifts would operate in his life, Lord. We praise you. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right, so I just need I just need you to go. Um, sorry I messed up your name, man. You only told me it once, so but I know it now, so why don't you go ahead and just tell everybody why you want to be baptized? Well, I just want to be a better person and give my life to God in His name. All right, that's awesome. awesome.
have to ask before I get out of the water if anybody else wants to be baptized. Anybody else here before we wrap it up? All right, make sure when you get a chance that you congratulate these guys. Welcome into the welcome them to the family. Give them a new help. Welcome. And then we're going to return to our seats and we're going to give the Lord the praise that he's due. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. We thank you for this night. Come Holy Spirit. Fill this room. Fill this room. Fill this room in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for tonight. Lord, we thank you for the things that have already happened. Lord, we thank you for the great things that are going to happen tonight. We just invite your presence. Holy Spirit, you have control of this service. We give you honor. We give you glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody shout amen. Give it all to the Lord. Can we get ready to worship our Father? Can we get ready? Can we get ready to worship the Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for this time together, Father. And I just ask that you just allow us to just empty ourselves tonight, Lord. Empty ourselves so that we can gain more of you and more of you, Father. Father, we want nothing else but you, Lord. You're the way maker. You're the miracle worker, Father. You have been in our lives even when we didn't want you to. So, Lord, thank you for being there. Thank you for always being there, Father. And I ask that you just open these people's hearts in this room this morning tonight in this room tonight father so that they can seek you and see you and feel you and just just be loved by you tonight Lord. because i hope my hope is built on nothing less did jesus blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest rain, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Can we say that again? My hope is built.
seated are we unmuted back there my mic on yes no maybe so yes check one two check one two they're new give them one second there you go all right all right good well uh if we could have our ushers come forward we're just going to take an offering for tonight your offering goes to make an eternal impact and so um, I would just say to you, just pray about what the Lord would have you give and just be faithful to that. If you would rather give electronically, uh, if you could put that slide up with the text to give, things like that up there. Um, you can uh, just text to give. You can go on uh, just that number, 724-384-7551. Just put in the word give and a link will come up and you can go ahead and give through that. Also, fornewhope.org no, uh, is our website. There's a donate tab that you can click, goes to the same place. Lord, I just thank you for, uh, I thank you for all uh, that is happening tonight. Lord, I thank you for that you have uh, the provision for the vision, that everything that you called us to do, Lord, that you have the finances for. Lord, and I pray for everybody that gives tonight, Lord, according to your word, that you would multiply uh, what they give, that you would multiply their seed so that they would have an abundance for every good work. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. and as the guys go around, um, just wanted to uh, remind you, I'll push you, pool. All right. Thank you. Just wanted, thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. Um, just wanted to give you guys a heads up that um, our church picnic is Sunday, June 4th. And so that's always a good time. We'll, have, we'll start here. We'll have a short service. And then we'll go over to Plum Street Park. We'll have directions. It's only like five minutes away. 
and just asking you to come. We usually provide the main course. We provide the meat. Just ask you to bring a side, um, you know, something to share. Don't bring like a little tiny bowl of like beans. Like ain't even enough for you and you bring it to the potluck. Don't do that. Like there'd be a lot of people eating. Go ahead and splurge. Go to the store. Buy something big. We want to have it. It's always a nice time. Um, so uh, come out to that. June 4th, put it on your calendars. Don't miss it. If you got a vacation, cancel it. If you got to work, quit. Whatever you got to do. Um, and there's a sign-up sheet in the back on the table, I think. Um, and so... If you want to sign up, like, you can sign up, like, what you're bringing, and that way we don't get, like, you know, 20 macaroni and cheeses or whatever. You know, that, that way everybody, we have a nice variety. So, um, hey, we're continuing in our series called Ghost Stories, talking about the Holy Ghost. And uh, if you have your Bibles with you, go to 1 Corinthians 12. That's where we're going to be today. 1 Corinthians 12, been doing multiple parts of talking about the Holy Spirit. If you're there, say amen. The Word of God says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There's diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's difference of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And my message this morning is just titled, Don't Be Ignorant. If you have your neighbor next to you, just go ahead and turn to him and say, you know what, don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant. Nobody likes a person that's ignorant. I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to pray for this message. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would add a blessing to your word. Lord, I pray that you would anoint me to preach and teach your word. Lord, I pray that you would give people ears to hear, hearts to receive this message. Lord, we desire your gifts. We desire everything that you have for us. We want everything that you have for us, Lord. And so, Lord, we just say pour out your Holy Spirit uh, in this church. Lord, help us to operate in wisdom. And Lord, uh, we thank you for the harvest that is on its way. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, one supernatural experience can change your life. One word from the Lord can change your life. That's why, okay, like Friday night, obviously we only have a portion of 
the people that are usually here on Sunday. But you guys have chosen to, you know, put out what you were doing, come to church, and so that you could hear a word of the Lord. And you never know when it's going to be that time where you get your miracle, where you get that one word that's just a complete game changer, and it changes your entire life. I had a time in my life where uh, we, had a, we had a couple pastors here, and they came here, and they were, they were just encouraging me. They, Rick, can you get up and share your testimony with everybody? Hey, Rick, can you do the announcements? And, and, and I would get up, and I would share, and I would kind of do what they asked me to do, but I, I, I didn't do it because I wanted to. I only did it because, like, I didn't want to say no to what they were asking me to do. They were my pastors, and and I wanted to support them, and the church was having some rough times, and, and so I wanted to do what they asked me to do, but I knew the person I was, where I came from, you know, the reputation that I had, you know, outside, and, and to be honest with you, sometimes I felt in my heart of hearts that I, having me behind the pulpit or having me speaking wasn't a good representation of Jesus. And I began feeling really insecure. And, and although early on I, I began feeling a calling to ministry, I, I kind of felt, and I know now it was my flesh that I wanted to pull back. And, and I believed in, in this particular church, what God wanted to do in this neighborhood at this time. I believed in all that, but I, I really had it on my heart to have a talk with the pastors and say, I'll, I'll help out in whatever way you want to, but I'll help out behind the scenes. I didn't care whether I would clean bathrooms or clean the church or if you want me to work on sound or, or, or whatever you want me to do. I'll do what you want to do. I'll work with the kids. I just, I just don't want to be up front because I just don't feel right. And I know that that was the voice of the enemy now, but, but back then it just... It just felt like it was the right thing to do. And, and I knew I was going on a men's retreat to Gettysburg, PA, and, and I was riding up with uh, the pastor, and, and, and it was me, him, and there was another guy. And I wanted to talk to the pastor, but, like, I never got any time. Like, this guy just kept being there with us. And so I didn't say anything. I kind of delayed. And, and I'm thinking, like, okay, as soon as I get the pastor by himself, I'm going to tell him, you know, no more, like, upfront ministry. I don't want to speak. Um, from the front, but I just couldn't get him by, my, by himself. And that night, um, we went to this men's conference, and uh, there was this guy, and he was an evangelist at the time. He pastors a church, but he got up, and he was preaching his heart out, and he was, you know, yelling, and, you know, he was very dramatic when he preached, and, and he was just up there, and he just stops in the middle of his tracks. He's like, there's somebody named Rick here. And I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, there's 250 people here. Of course, there's probably more than one, right? You know, and and he and he's like, I I have to I have to talk to you. I have to say something to you. I can't even get my message out. This is so strong, and in my heart, I felt like the Holy Spirit telling me, "It's you, it's you, it's you." And he's like, "Is there is there a Rick or Rich here?" And I'm like. And, and like in my, like, I didn't want to like raise my hand, but it was like, I was just like this. Like, it was like at that moment, like, you know, like an angel grabbed my hand because I didn't want to go up, you know, and, 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 and it threw my hand up and he's like, come up here. And he grabbed me by my shirt. He said, you know, he said, 
He said that, you know, the Lord has showed me that you're, you're being hesitant on your walk because you're, you're consumed with your past. And I want you to let you know that the Lord has forgiven you and, and don't look backwards. You need to start looking forwards because God has qualified you for the calling that he's given you and you need to move forward and you need to do what God called you to do and stop looking backwards. And it was so crazy because you know, for some people, maybe that might be a generic word, but it was exactly what I had on my heart. And, and, and exactly what I was going to share is that I didn't feel good enough and I didn't want to be up front. But because we had one man who was faithful to be able to hear the voice of the Spirit and to operate in a gifts of the Spirit. So the first thing that he said, it was a word of knowledge, right? Something that he didn't know who I was. But, but, but he knew something that he had no way of knowing, the fact that I was hung up on my past and that I was trying to back off from where God was calling me to be because I felt insecure. I felt not good enough. So he had a word of knowledge that, that, that he knew something that he had no way of knowing. And then he had a word of wisdom which talked about my future. I need to go forward. I need to go forward with what God called me to do. And then he also had a prophetic word. God has called you. He has qualified you. You need to get after it. And that moment, I remember going back to the hotel room, and I was just so convicted by God that after everything he did for me, I would kind of back down from where he was calling me. I remember just going into that hotel room and just getting down on my knees and just saying, you know what, Lord, I will not go backwards anymore. Any door that you open up, I'll walk through that door. Whatever you call me to do, I'll do it. Even if I look like a fool, even if I look stupid, I'll be a fool for your name's sake. I'll do whatever you call me to do. And that moment in time and that prayer changed my life forever. And from that moment, anytime a door opens, I walk through it. I do what God asked me to do. And it's totally changed my life. But it was simply because one person was obedient to the voice of God and gave, a, gave, a, gave the word, right? Operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What if we were in one of those places that they didn't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit or they said, you know what, that's only for the apostolic times and, and I would have just been sitting there and I would have kind of backed down from ministry and who knows the things or who knows where I would have been, where I would have been at today. See, we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit to live the life that God called us to live. We're not supposed to be ignorant, right? What does it mean to be ignorant? To, you know, because people will say, well, you know, you know that guy, man, he's just ignorant, right? You know, man, and people are so ignorant, right? To be ignorant is to be uninformed, to not know. I can remember uh, one time I invited my one friend to church, and I mean, this dude had no background in church. I mean, this dude was rough, rough, rough around the edges. But he came to church. And he came to church. He sat in the front row with a big chew in his mouth, like Copenhagen, like big chew, like, like with a cup with like a napkin stuffed in it, like just spitting. I remember I was up there preaching. I just see that big brown spit come out of his mouth, like... He just spitting right in a cup, right? But he was, he was ignorant. He didn't know you weren't supposed to do that in church. He'd never been in church before. Everywhere else he went, that's, how, that's just how he rolled. He didn't know he was sitting in the front row. My, my, my friend said to him, walked up to him, said, hey, man, 
You think it's okay that you're sitting in the front row, big chew in your mouth, spitting in a cup while the preacher's preaching? He looked back over to him. He said, hey, buddy, if I had it all together, I wouldn't be here. Guy said, all right. He went and sat where he was sitting down and just left him alone. Right? But, but it's... Some people are ignorant to the gifts of the Spirit. Some people will say that the gifts of the Spirit were just for the time of the apostles, but they have ceased. Some people have just never been taught about the gifts of the Spirit. They're just not taught in the church. Their pastor doesn't teach them in the church. Some people know about them and say, yeah, I read about them. I read about the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in them, but I've never really seen them, and we rarely will experience them. And some people are just apathetic. They just don't care. They just say, well, I don't, I don't really see why I need that. I'm good. I don't need anything like that. But can I tell you something? Christianity was always intended to be a supernatural religion. If they, I hate that word religion, but, but it was supposed to be a supernatural way of life. If we take all the miracles away, all we have is just a philosophy. And Christianity was called to be a supernatural walk. I mean, think about it. The birth of Jesus, he was born of a virgin. There was angels around, right? And, and then, and then Jesus' ministry, right? Healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, right? That was his, his ministry. And then Acts chapter 2, the falling of the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit's poured out. And then you see the disciples walking. What do they do? They're healing the sick, preaching the gospel, preaching the kingdom, casting out demons, walking in the same supernatural way. The church was always supposed to be a supernatural organization. Your life was intended to be supernatural because the Bible says that our faith is not to be in the wisdom of men, but be in the power of God. But people will put their faith in the wisdom of men. And, and they'll sit there and they'll listen to somebody preach a long, dry, academic message. And, and they'll say, oh, yeah, that, that's very good. But you know what? God's not moving. Nobody's getting saved. Nobody's getting changed. And I'll tell you, in the times that we're living at today, we need the power of God in our life. And, and in the text that we read, the Apostle Paul is instructing uh, the church in Corinth. It was a church and um, they were hungry to see God move in a supernatural way. But, but they were ignorant in the way that, that God worked. They were doing things that weren't God and they were attributing to God. Uh, from the text we read, there were some people that would seem to they have a prophetic utterance and they would call Jesus a curse. Right, which obviously isn't from God because everything the Holy Spirit does glorifies Jesus. And they were they, they weren't they, they weren't doing things in order, and God is not a God of confusion, He's a God of order. And so we have this letter that that, that Paul writes, and he's writing to get his church back in order. But, but I will say that our ideas of what is good decently and in order need to line up with God. And I think that um, sometimes what God's idea of good decently and in order will take us a little bit out of our comfort zone. I mean, can we agree that, that, that heaven is a place of perfect order? And if you look at the, the, the things that 
are, are going on in heaven that we have in the Bible. I mean, there's angels flying around like, holy, holy, holy. There's like spontaneous worship of people getting up and worshiping, right? There's creatures with, with eyeballs all over their head, like, you know, and that's a place of perfect order and a perfect glory of God. So good, decently in order does not mean a dead church. A lot of churches are very orderly, but God hasn't been there for a really long time. You know, if you, if you want to have an orderly, orderly church, you can have it one or two ways. You can have a church that's the same 20 people that have been there for the past 10 years. Nobody new has come in. Uh, nobody has got saved there. Nobody's got baptized there in about 20 years. And, and it's the same people just growing older with the pastor. Service always starts at the same time. It always ends at the same time. They always do things, and it's in perfect order, but there's nothing happening. Or... You know, you could have, you know, seeker model, right, with the, the big screens, the skinny jeans, and the smoke machines that looks the same every week with the first four songs, two fast songs, two slow songs, video announcement, and a message, and a church that's over in exactly one hour and 15 minutes every Sunday. God, you can move, but you got to do it in this hour and 15 minutes that we give you. And I said it before, some people get so good at doing church that they don't need God. They, they, have their, they, have their, they have their song playlist. They have their videos come in. They have their little TED talk, right? It's just a TED talk that comes in that gives you four steps to a better smile and that's it. And I would rather have a little wildfire than a bunch of icebergs. All right, we're, we're not here to preserve the museum. We're here to advance the kingdom of God. And tonight, I want to introduce what they call the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there's other type of spiritual gifts mentioned in Scripture. Um, there's Ephesians 4 talks about the office gifts that, you know, he gave some to be apostles. He gave some to be prophets. He gave some to be evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Those are kind of office gifts that, that, that God calls people to those offices, and they're a gift to equip and build up the church. So that's a type of, of spiritual gift. And then in Romans chapter 12, it has a listing of spiritual gifts, but most of them are what we call motivational gifts. Um, although there's going to be some overlap, what we're going to read today, but, but motivational gifts are really kind of what drives a person. Like some people are naturally like administrative. Some people are naturally encouragers. Some people are naturally just givers. And so they need to find a place to serve that where those natural abilities are. But, 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 we're going to talk today about the, the nine manifestation gifts that are listed in the book of 1 Corinthians 12. And let's, we're going to try to answer tonight, what are the gifts, where do they come from, and how do we function in them? So that's going to be our task tonight. And this is just going to serve as an intro. Um, and I think I'm going to be on this subject for uh, the next few weeks. Um, but the first thing you need to know is these gifts are supernatural. These are supernatural gifts. Some people have tried to explain away these gifts by saying, you know, like the word of knowledge is, you know, when somebody gets very educated, you know, and they get, they get advanced degrees and that is 
the word of knowledge or the discerning of spirits is like someone who has a really good judgment when it comes to people. You know, I'm just, I'm very discerning. Like I, I met that person and I can tell that they're a bad person. No, you're just judgmental. That's, that's what that is. And then some people will say, well, you know, gifts of healing, that's, that, that's for doctors and stuff. And we're not against doctors and we're not against uh, the, the medical profession, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a manifestation of the Spirit. We're talking about a supernatural move of God. These are brief, dramatic, arresting manifestations that happen very quickly and then come to an end. It's not something that goes on all the time. In Acts 3, uh, we read about a man begging at a gate. And there's a man that he hasn't been able to walk. He hasn't been able to use his legs since he was a baby. And, and he's, he, they carry him to the gate every day so that when people walk by, he can beg and, and they can kind of throw him off money. It was his way of maintaining himself. And Peter walks by him and he says, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give to you intense. It was supernatural. It was, a, it was a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So we're not talking about natural talents and abilities. We're not talking about things that you can learn in school or you can go to school for. We're talking about a supernatural experience that happens with supernatural people who are serving a supernatural God. And Jesus said that greater works you will do than I do because I go to be with the Father. Because he was sending the Holy Spirit to live within us. And the Holy Spirit is God. So allow your faith to enlarge tonight. Allow your faith to believe that, 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 that God wants to do something through you that, that, that you could no way do in your natural ability. God is not limited. However, we limit God by the lack of our faith. So th these gifts are supernatural, but they also have different purposes. And although they're different, the gifts can flow together. The scripture we read said that there's diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There's difference of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. And so there's different gifts and there's different functions, but there's some overlap and these gifts many times flow together, right? In the book of 1 Peter, it tells us that if we have a gift, that we're to minister it to one another according to the manifold grace of God. The word manifold could mean multifaceted. Like if you had a big diamond and, and everywhere that diamond was cut, like if you kind of looked through it, it would kind of give a little bit of a different glimmer and a different view when, when you look through it. Or, or think of like a, like a prism, when you look through a prism and you see the many colors many different colors and, and, and like in a rainbow, we see one rainbow and, and you kind of see the different colors, but it's hard to kind of determine where one color ends and the next one starts. It's all like one rainbow, but where does this color stop and start? There's kind of like some overlap and, and that's kind of how the gifts of the spirit are. 
There's kind of, sometimes it's hard to really determine where kind of one ends and, and another starts. And, and the Holy Spirit administers all the different gifts um, together. And when a church body is in sync and, and desiring the gifts of the Spirit, they form this beautiful uh, work that, that builds up the whole body, just like the different colors kind of form a rainbow. When, when everybody's operating in the, the gifts that the Spirit has given to them, it builds up the body and builds this whole beautiful thing together. In, in the story that I told when I came in, right, we've seen the word of knowledge, something that they couldn't know, followed by a word of wisdom, you know, go forward, and, and a word of prophecy to encourage me that I was qualified to do what God called me to do. And many times this is how the gifts of the Spirit operate. They kind of operate like links in a chain. One opens up the door for the other one, and next opens up the door for the other one, just like with Peter, a gift of faith to believe that that person could be healed, and then a gift of healing flowed through him. So you have different gifts flowing together uh, all at once to bring, bring glory to God. And, and even though that um, we can look at the way that uh, the, the gifts work in the Bible, um, these gifts work in, in somewhat of a different way. And, and there's not really a manual exactly how these things work. I mean, look at the way, look at just the way that Jesus healed people. Sometimes Jesus just spoke a word and the person was healed. Sometimes he would lay hands on them. Sometimes people just touched him and they were healed. One time he just spit on the ground and grabbed mud and kind of put it on somebody's eye. There was different administrations of the gift of healing, but the same spirit was working working each and every time. So it looked a little bit different, but it was the same gift and it was the same Lord. And, and what people get a hang up and they, they want a formula. Oh, you do just do this, it's ABC and, and it just works. And, and they think that this is always the way, but the Bible says the spirit is like the wind. And how many of you know that you can't control the wind? You don't know how strong the wind is gonna blow. You don't know where the wind is gonna come from right? Sometimes there's no wind. Sometimes the wind is blowing all day long. And you just have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And don't get hung up. Uh, well, it has to work this way because this guy does it like this. I went to this revival meeting and this is how this guy did it. So this is how the gifts got to work. Or I watch this guy on TV and this is the way that, that it has to work. What you have to do is you have to have a relationship with the Holy Ghost and you have to be open to the leading of the Holy Ghost. And when you are able to hear his voice and hear his leading, then the gifts will flow and they might flow in a different way than they flow with somebody else but it's the same Holy Spirit and it's the same Lord. And the power of the Holy Spirit is flowing through you and sometimes, you know, the, the, the flow kind of, the flow of the water kind of tastes like the pipe that it's coming through. And all of us have a little bit of different personalities and sometimes a little bit of our personalities kind of bleed into the way that the Holy Spirit works through us. So there's different administrations, but it's all the same Lord. And although the different gifts um, may, may flow differently in different people, the people don't have the gifts. 
The Holy Spirit is the giver of the gifts. Um, the, the scripture says, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And one of the big mistakes I think I see people make is that they will say, well, I have discernment. I, I have the gift of, I have the gift of healing. And it may be that you operate in those gifts, um, you know, and, and you're comfortable operating in those gifts and you operating in those particular gifts frequently, but those people in particular don't have the gifts. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you and the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead and the Holy Spirit has all the gifts and the Holy Spirit gives you those gifts as is needed. If you think of the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit as a toolbox. So if I'm gonna work on plumbing, I need one set of tools. And it's a different set of tools than I'm gonna work on drywall, right? You need a whole nother set of tools. You have different manifestations, but the same spirit. You have different tools, but they come from the same toolbox. And don't limit yourself to say, well, I have this gift, but I don't have this gift because the Bible says that you need to desire the best gift. And guess what? The best gift is the one that you need at that time. Is someone sick around you? Well, then the best gift would be a gift of healing. Maybe you're witnessing to an unbeliever. Maybe a word of knowledge would be the best gift because you would know something that they have no way of knowing and they would be convicted that you truly were from God. Maybe somebody is prophesying something to you and you don't know where it's coming from and, and discerning of the spirits in that moment would be the best gift. So if the Holy Spirit is the giver of gifts and you and I have the Holy Spirit, then he has all the gifts at his disposal and he can give you what you need when you need it. And if you say, well, I have this gift or that gift, you may be comfortable there, but you put your limits, you put limits on God for once, what he wants to do through you. The gifts are sudden manifestations that happen for a moment through the power of the Holy Spirit and you need to believe God that he can give you exactly what you need when you need it. See, I believe that God wants us to be aware of the gifts of the Spirit because these are supernatural tools and these tools can become weapons that can smash the devil's kingdom. I'll just close with this story. Uh, in 1979, Russia invaded and tried to take over Afghanistan would have probably been smart of us to learn from their mistakes. The Afghans have a reputation for being a very tough people, but they were fighting Russia with older weapons while Russian tanks and helicopters and aircrafts kind of pounded them and dominated the battlefield and, and kind of held them, held their supply lines and cut their supply lines. And the Afghans had to resort to guerrilla tactics, right? They would kind of hit and hit and run. And, and, um, and the Russians felt by controlling the border that they would eventually wear the Afghans out. If they could just continue to cut their supply lines, eventually Russia could uh, overtake the Afghans. Worship team, you can make your way forward. Um, however, 
1986, something changed. The CIA decided that they were going to smuggle in 2,500 Stinger missiles. And if you don't know what a Stinger missile is, a Stinger missile is a handheld rocket, and it's heat-seeking. So when you shoot this rocket, as long as you get it in that general territory, it seeks out the heat. So guess what? Helicopters have motors, and, and they put off a lot of heat. Tanks have motors. They put off a lot of heat. Airplanes have motors. They put off a lot of heat. So they, they trained these Afghans, and they gave them this different weapon, these Stinger missiles, and the next thing you know, they're shooting down Russian helicopters. They're blowing up Russian tanks. They're even shooting down low-flying aircraft. It said that they shot down nearly 270 aircraft in just three years. And guess what? In 1989, after the new weapon was deployed on the battlefield, Russians retreated and they went back. And most people think that the game changer, what broke the back of Russia, was this new weapon, this Stinger missile being introduced onto the battlefield. And I believe that when we are truly walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, when we're being led by the Holy Spirit, and when we're living and we're using the gifts of the Spirit and they're in full operation, these will be the weapons that will push the enemy back. These gifts are supernatural. They work together like links in a chain. And you have the ability to operate in all nine gifts of the Spirit. And right now, I just want you to just say, I just want to open myself up to, Lord, whatever you, you want me to do, whatever you want me to have. I may have not experienced anything like that before, but Lord, I, I see it in your word and I believe your word. And, and I just, I just want to desire the spiritual gifts. The King James says that we should covet spiritual gifts, that we should desire to have these gifts working in our life, that we should desire to be able to prophesy to people, that we should desire for the working of miracles, that we should desire for gifts of healing, that, that we should say, Lord, I want it. The early disciples gathered together and they prayed to the Lord and they said, they, they said Lord, grant us the power that we would see signs, wonders, and mighty miracles, that you would do these miracles through our hands. And it says at that moment that the place was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. See, the early church prayed, God worked miracles through my hands, signs and wonders through my hands. God, this is what, this is what I want to see. And I just want you to open up your heart and just enlarge your faith to just begin believing God. And, and over the next couple weeks, we're going to continue in this flow and we're going to begin to unpack these gifts one by one and, and explain it. And I believe that uh, by the end of this, we're going to see a flow of the Holy Spirit here in this church like we've never seen before. Amen? Amen. Amen. Before we close this service, I just, I don't want to assume that everybody here is a Christian. I want to just give you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible's clear that every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that we're all sinners. There was only one person perfect, his name was Jesus, and they killed him. Everybody else, we need God's grace and we need God's forgiveness. And, you know, 
people sin in different ways, but it's all sin and you all, we've all broken God's laws. And so there's gonna be a time coming where we're gonna face him and we're gonna face his judgment. And it's gonna be one of two things. We're gonna meet Jesus either as a savior or we're gonna meet him as our judge. And I don't know about you, but I got one thing to claim. I'm claiming the blood of Jesus. So he gave us a gift. He sent his son to live the life we could never live, to die on that cross, pay the penalty that we should have paid. And then he died on that cross, taking the full wrath of God. He was buried for three days. He was in the tomb. Then he rose victorious over death, hell and the grave for 40 days. He appeared to small groups of people and large groups of people. And on the 40th day, he ascended and today he's seated on the right hand of God. And you can put your faith in him today and you can say, yes, I wanna make Jesus the Lord of my life. If I could just have every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you today, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You've never had a time, you never had a place where, where you asked him and you said that, Lord, will you forgive me? This is your time. You don't get yourself cleaned up for God. You come to him as you are and he sends a Holy Spirit in you to change you. That's you today. You just wanna stick up a hand and say, today I wanna make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Anybody today, we're not gonna stay with this long. I just, I just don't wanna close the doors or close this service till everybody had the chance to hear the good news of the gospel. Amen. Amen. If we could all stand to our feet. You guys who got baptized, proud of you. God's got amazing things for you. Amen. I got, I got a feeling, I got a feeling that these guys over on the end might have been praying for you, man. They were praying for you long and hard. And guess what? God answers those prayers. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for praying. Thank you guys for praying and believing God. Don't give up. Don't give up on your loved ones. My dad was 72 years old when he got saved. Amen. Don't give up on your kids. You can pray for them. You know, if your relatives are acting all crazy, I'm not saying you got to go hang out with them. But pray for them. Pray for them. Say, Lord, send laborers into the harvest. Send somebody to go and talk to them. Send people. Block out their path. Wherever they go, every time they try to go and sin, Lord, I pray that they would run in brick wall, brick wall. Lord, do whatever you need to do to save them. I'm here because my mom prayed for me. I'm here because a whole Bible study prayed for me. And their highest hope was that one day that I would be an usher in the back of the church. But we serve a God who can do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever dream of or imagine. Whatever you could dream up for somebody, whatever you could dream up for yourself, guess what? God can do so much more. You can't even think of the things that God will do in your life. Amen? Let's just raise our hands to heaven and we're going to leave here and worship. Lord, I just pray. Lord, I just pray that you would fill us with your joy and your peace. Lord, I pray you'd fill us with your Holy Spirit and with power. Lord, I pray that you would use us. Use us in our workplaces. Use us in our neighborhoods. Use us at the places that we go and get gas and the restaurants, Lord. Make us a shining light 
in our community, Lord. Lord, we thank you that your kingdom is growing. We thank you that your people are prospering. We thank you that the power of God is flowing in a new way. Lord, we thank you that the enemy is a defeated foe. So Lord, I just, I just pray a blessing on each and every person and I send them out of here with the authority of Jesus Christ to trample on snakes and scorpions and over every power of the enemy. Lord, we give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted, amen, amen, amen. Go ahead and stay as long as you want for worship. This main service is dismissed. Thank you guys for coming out. God bless you. Free.